Welcome to the Weekly Hijack. Hello, everyone. We're back for more of The Prisoner. This is the second episode. The Chimes of Big Ben. Assuming we're correct, this is the second episode. They said the episode two, yeah. So, yeah. We were a little... When we started, we were like, is this the second episode? Because they do a lengthy previously on without ever saying previously on. And, like, apparently it's been months. Yeah, we're, it doesn't say exactly how Well, long. when they said you disappeared, and then months later you oh, come back. I and mean, when he's talking to the guy in... England, quote-unquote. Okay, I see, yeah. Which makes sense. Early on, it seems like this guy has become settled into the village, still with the intention of trying to leave at some point, but he's not, like, running around asking questions as much. So do you want to try a summary of this thing? Um, I'll give it a shot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because we see him interacting with the new number two, number two, number three, as far as we know. (laughs) The third actor to play number two. Um, this guy is a bit more, um, dramatic. Yes. They're observed some new lady comes to the village who, uh, is a swimmer, she's Russian. You see her go through the same sort of opening steps that he had gone through, tries to escape by swimming away and doesn't make it. And he eventually befriends her. He was, he's kind of suspicious of her at first, especially since he's with number two, watching her go through her whole process. And it would seem that they come up with a way to make a boat secretly to get off the island. <laughs> Which is kind of great, actually. Kind of <laughs> hilarious. I'm still not quite sure how he figured that they weren't aware of him getting in a boat. And, like, if they have surveillance everywhere, I was like, how do you think you're getting away with this? Yeah, I don't know. And again, the surveillance, I don't. it seems like you have to be looking. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, in theory, like, maybe there actually are times when everyone's asleep. I don't know. Anyway, There's curfew, I guess. Curfew. Okay, so if you haven't seen the episode, this is where we'll give a spoiler, but it'll be hard not to talk about it without it. So so for a little bit, it looks like they actually did escape. Like It seems like they, they're someplace else. Mm-hmm. And they the way they decided to smuggle themselves back to England is in, in a box, which I think would raise some red flags for me at some point. But it wasn't until they, they like carry them in the office and they start talking. It's like, oh, okay, no, they're yeah. still like this is the, yeah. whole, the whole point of the show is called the prisoner. I know he doesn't escape at least not until the very end, yeah. and I feel like even the end is going to be wonky in some way. So like he's got to still be in the experiment. But I don't know. What did you think? Did you were you confused at all about all that? Um. Yeah. Since I saw the plane take off and land somewhere, I assumed it was in fact going to England. <laughs> so I was. <sighs> I don't remember when exactly I felt the most disoriented, but uh, <laughs> certainly while he was having that conversation with the guy that was supposed to be his previous boss, hey, wait a minute. He's feeling like something isn't right. What's the something that's not right? And and I, I felt some disappointment. He never left the... Or he's back in the village. Yeah, never left because he was still in, he was in a box the whole time. Didn't get to see where he was going or anything like that. And so they would have just simulated the amount of time it would have took and all that kind of stuff. And of course, it was all a ploy to get him to answer the question, "Why did you resign?" Because that's mm. the first thing he started asking him about. Mm, I guess that must have been what tipped him off. Yeah, that and I guess the bells or something. Well, no, because it was supposed it was eight, it rang eight times, but it shouldn't be eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Because Based he was, he was hour off. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. One thing I noticed this episode, just thematically, is they brought a couple times, like, which side are you on? And maybe it doesn't even matter. Maybe both sides are... Because it's Cold War. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because you got this Nadia who's possibly Russian. Mm-hmm. But then 
the village has enough pull to bring British officials over. Yeah. So we have this, like, who's in, they keep asking who's in charge, and they're like, well, it doesn't even matter. Maybe, maybe both are, you know, it doesn't, anyway, it just, it, yeah, it was an interesting sort of uh, commentary, I think, probably for the people writing it, just like, are the, are the two sides becoming the same? Yeah. Which has been tackled in other spy stuff, but. It's funny, I see, I keep seeing, like, little, like, things that remind me of other British shows through this whole mm-hmm. thing. I mean, with the bizarre technology involved the the floating balloon is yeah. still the the main <laughs> yeah. of the show for some reason and yeah. and some of the like the eye technology some of it just it reminds me of vintage doctor who mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just kind of the kind of the hokey sci-fi stuff the end credits make me think of terry gillam's illustrations for monty python yeah yeah um but also just from the little bit i've not seen much of brazil but there's mm. a little bit of again Terry, Terry yeah. Gilliam, movie. a little bit of that. I, yeah, I that can kind, see that. That kind of bureaucracy, dystopian mm-hmm. vibe. Mm-hmm. You, I get the sense sometimes, I, probably not as distinctly, but that you know we did uh, in our other podcast. Um, let's finally watch this. That Blade Runner just kind of shows up places. Mm-hmm. I feel like Prisoner just kind of shows infected lots of different stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, not directly necessarily, but just. A little inspiration. It just kind of changed. It added that, and I'm sure there was more paranoia and and double crossing stuff in, before this. But it kind of like, I mean, we only watched two episodes. And there's the number of like long cons and paranoia and weird surveillance and stuff is it shows up a lot in modern stuff. Even and mm-hmm. it does seem like this. I don't know my history, but it seems like it'd be pretty early. I mean, I imagine it being the zeitgeist of TV. Like, it's, it's a famous TV show from mm-hmm. the 60s. And it I'm just sure. kind of shows up in people's brains after that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like we said during the last episode, sometimes all the signs, like all the his stuff in the cupboard is like labeled the same kind of stuff. I couldn't help but think of like Dharma food mm-hmm. from Lost. But yeah, I, I think it's just in the zeitgeist of TV producers. I did think of Lost when... Or with this business of he can't get out of the village. Like, you can't get off the island. You can't get off the island, yep. Yeah, yeah, there's some similarity there. I don't know they have a, as much to talk about yet, because it it's, I mean, what was interesting about this one is this one definitely felt like it was not the pilot episode. The last one was it was the one that had all the bells and whistles pulled out. Mm-hmm. This one felt a little bit more episodic in some ways. And, and like, you could, it was grounded in this one or two ideas, so you weren't just, like, constantly... Like, what is going on? Yeah, overwhelmed with stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of grounded. It was like, okay, we've we've established this world that we're exploring. Um, and some of the setups are just more common. It wasn't, it wasn't quite as frantic pacing because it didn't have as much to cram into one episode. You know, it's interesting. We saw it a little bit last episode, but they really hammered this episode is that, like, our main character, number six, is main thing is, like, he, he just, he's not bending. Yeah. He'll just, he constantly does the opposite of whatever they ask him to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Oh, you don't like any sugar, and it takes three long. You know, he just. Yeah, that's interesting. And what was the deal with like the village show, like all featuring number two in the artwork? I don't know. Like, it's weird, especially since like they've already had a previous number two. So it's not like this guy is a, a dictator of, yeah. of some sort. Yeah, where he's like demanding everyone to worship him. But like, it was, it was like what? <laughs> yeah, that was curious. So yeah, this episode kind of gives you a feel for what a more ongoing storyline might be. I mean, it's kind of fun. It's weird that it's a different number two than it was in the previous episode, and I'm really curious if 
that will continue the change or if that was just a weird casting fluke. Yeah, I wonder if it's like, you know, something like the pilot just switch people out. So I'm, yeah. that'll be interesting whether it is. Yeah, but I did enjoy some of their early conversations, like mm-hmm. kind of this rivalry thing going on. And number six is kind of one-line retorts are fun. <laughs> yes. It was kind of nice to see number six a little bit calmer. Yeah. I don't like calling him number six. <laughs> but nice to see him having accepted the fact that he's not going to get out right away anyway. Mm. But he needs to lay low and strategize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That was a little bit more satisfying. And make caveman axes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious how long he was working on that boat. <laughs> I know. Like he, he built like this entire like hull of a boat within like an afternoon, it seemed like, without taking off his jacket or his khaki pants or breaking a sweat or anything. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, as you were just talking about building the boat, I thought, wait, don't say that too loud. Someone might hear you. <laughs> we're not in the village, Janelle, I promise. Uh, Are you sure? I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> There's screens everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I can see if the show keeps up like this, at the end of it, you'd just be like paranoid. Like, what is <laughs> there? There are cameras. Is, is anyone telling me the truth? Cameras everywhere. Well, that was that was interesting when when he was first talking the girl Nadia. He was pretty certain that she was a plant, and she was certain he was a plant, mm. and like no one was trusting anyone. Mm-hmm. It's her trying to get almost dying in the electricity room that convinced him. Oh, that's true. Mm. And then she turned out to be working for the village. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's messed up. A lot of mind games going on. A lot on. of mind games. The w- one thing I would say, I'd, I'm pretty sure, as much surveillance footage we have going on, I'm pretty sure that, that nobody uses a giant electronic seesaw with the cameraman going <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> that makes me laugh every time I, I see it. Like, that's... Like, it's all this, like, paranoia stuff, but that thing is like, what in the world is that? They model the village off, like, a playground. You got a giant beach ball. You got a seesaw. You got little, like, little, like, baby tractors they drive around. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just thought that scene with Nadia being interrogated in a room with a current in the floor, and she's, you know, splashing the water, and number two is telling number six about the current and says... She's free to leave anytime she wants. That sounds so much like Ben mm-hmm. from Lost. <laughs> you have a choice, but they're what? kind of pushing, manipulating yeah. them into choosing what they want. Number six is a choice. You can just say why you resigned, and then that's that's all there is to it. Yeah. yeah well. well, that's what they say at least. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you believe there? <laughs> I mean, it makes for interesting TV, and we'll see how, you know, if you, get, you push a paranoia too much, then you're just like, ah, nothing matters. But, you know, that'd be a horrible way to actually live. Mm, that's true. You know. I mean, it's very interesting from an audience perspective, because we kind of want to know why he resigned, too. Yeah. And that, and that whole resignation scene, I don't think we've said this out loud, but, like, it's muted. You don't see what he says, and he says it very dramatically. He's not like this polite... I'm going to, here's my two weeks notice, goodbye, sir. No, he's like ranting and pounding the It's his way table. out. It's his way out. It's right in the door. Uh, which is like, is that a symbolic thing? Does it literally say that? I guess that's the other reason why, so they, in the previously on, which kind of feels like a theme, the theme intro now, that scene where like it brings in his file, like in this, this long empty room, it's just a robotic arm that drops it into the file cabinet. That's what makes it feel kind of dystopian. Yeah. Brazil. That's very Brazilish. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's a interesting show. 
it is. So we'll be curious to see how it goes on. I feel like if it is meant to be dystopian, it's the first, again, first time I've ever done a dystopian show on a weekly hijack. So That's true. we'll see how this feels like toward the end of the series. It'll, we'll be like, oh, man. We're so depressed. <laughs> Hopefully not. I mean, there's definitely moments of humor and the fact that it has this wacky 60s vibe. <laughs> it does help, yeah. It feels like original series of Star Trek sometimes. Mm-hmm, some of that, mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. But anyway, hope you are in, as intrigued as we are. Um, until next time, this is Tim. This is Nick. And Janelle. <laughs> Bye-bye.